And for all this, nature is never spent. There lives the dearest, freshest, deep down things. That's Gerard Manley Hopkins from his well-known poem, God's Grandeur. Welcome to Deep Down Things, a podcast partnership of Logos Journal and Friends of St. Thomas Catholic Studies in association with Catholic Answers, which can be found online at catholic.com. Join us for a deep dive into everything from literature to history to art, philosophy and science, as a way of discovering and sharing the depths of God's grandeur together. Welcome to Deep Down Things. I'm Dave Devil, a professor of Catholic Studies at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota, and an editor of Logos, a journal of Catholic thought and culture. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, award-winning writer, speaker, uh, singer, dancer, uh, <laughs> gardener, and managing editor of Logos, Liz Kelly. Where How are you? Where did dancer come from? I, well, oh, I, my. I, 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 I can't say I've seen you dance, but I'm sure that along with everything else, you're a dancer, too. Ah, well, okay, very fine. All right, well, we have another guest. I don't know whether he dances or not, but he's a professor at St. Mary's University in Twickenham in the United Kingdom, Philip Booth. Welcome, Philip. Hello, nice to be here. Great to have you on. We have you here uh, to speak about two big topics. One, the great 20th century thinker Friedrich Hayek, and also the topic of social justice, one of those convoluted things. And we'll get into that in a, in a minute, but I'd like you to maybe talk a little bit about your own uh, record, your past. You, I know you're affiliated with more than just St. Mary's University, so mm-hmm. say a bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm Director of Catholic Mission at St. Mary's University and Professor of Finance, Public Policy and Ethics. St. Mary's is the biggest Catholic university in the United Kingdom. I'm also Director of the Vincent Center for the Public Understanding of Economics and Entrepreneurship at the University of Buckingham. And I've, um, I worked previously at the Institute of Economic Affairs as a research director, and I still do a little bit of work for them, writing and researching and press comment and so on. Previous to that, I worked at the Bank of England and at the beginning of my career in the private sector. My main research interest is in Catholic social teaching, but I also have quite a strong interest in the work of Friedrich Hayek, and that's why I combine the two together, really, with my um, brilliant co-author, I should add, Matthias Pettersson, uh, in this uh, article on Hayek, social justice and Catholic social teaching. Could you offer us a brief introduction to Hayek, or, or maybe more importantly, uh, let us uh, put him in a context. Why is uh, this article that you've written for us so needed right now? Okay, well, um, to start with a brief introduction to Hayek, he was a, uh, a 20th century Austrian economist, uh, both Austrian by birth, but also in the line of the uh, school of, of Austrian economists following von Mises, and, and whose work really has given uh, given rise to a, a really large research program, not least in the United States, in similar areas of work. Uh, he uh, spent uh, some time in the United Kingdom at the London School of Economics, and then um, quite a bit of his later life in the United States, and then in Freiburg in Germany. And interestingly, in his Nobel Prize lecture, he cited the late scholastic Catholic thinkers uh, in uh, uh, in the work of human rights and, and economics, and um, he, as well as winning the Nobel Prize in economics, he became a he was made a companion of honor by Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, which is a very small group of people 
who are given that honor and also won the presidential uh, medal of, of freedom uh, from, from the US president. So I'm, I'm sure he's the only person to have won a Nobel Prize and those two honors uh, as well. And he wrote in the mid-1970s uh, a, a, a book, well, it took him a good 10 years to complete the whole book, uh, called Law, Legislation and Liberty. And part of that book was on what he described as the mirage of social justice, mm -hmm. which was really excoriating the term social justice. He just uh, uh, heaped abuse, if you like, abuse may be the wrong term, it was a learned piece, but he, he um, was really very, very critical of the idea of uh, social justice. And the point he made uh, was that, well, one of the points he made was that when he first started writing The Mirage of Social Justice, he couldn't really find any particular meaning for the term uh, that was generally accepted at all. But by the time he published The Mirage of Social Justice, the, the idea of uh, social justice had come to mean something which was quite distinct from its original Catholic roots. And to quite a degree, it was originally a Catholic term. And now I think we've moved back to the situation where social justice means almost all things to all people. Mm. And it's important that we have a real discussion about what it does actually mean. Because mm -hmm. Hayek certainly misinterpreted the original Catholic um, uh, meaning of the word when he criticized Catholic scholars in this field. I, I remember being in Rome at a congress uh, called Woman and Man, the Humanum in its entirety, and it was celebrating the anniversary of Mulieris Dignitatum on the vocation of women. And the term feminism had the same kind of effect. It came with so many definitions, so much baggage. There was a long discussion about whether or not we just had to eject it and come up with new terms. And I almost wonder if we're in the same place with social justice. It just means so many different things to so many people. Maybe we need to just refresh the, uh, our nomenclature. I think that's possible. That's, that's, um, that, that's a potentially a, a, a good argument. And the related term, the common good, which mm. is used by Catholics and non-Catholics uh, alike, I think is even more problematic because it really has sort of come to mean um, what I think is good for other people, as opposed to its original <laughs> meaning, yes. which is really uh, um, uh, uh, the uh, those uh, actions which help bring the world to uh, to a greater state of of perfection. In relation to social justice, I, I just I think I'd go back to this point about um, Hayek saying originally that. When he started writing Mirage, he couldn't really find any proper meaning for the word social justice at all. Uh, but then later on, the word social justice came to be synonymous with the idea of egalitarianism, income distribution, and so on. But I think actually today, people are using, uh, as you say, they use feminism, social justice to mean a whole wider range of uh, things, many of which are offenses against social justice in. Um, in, in the Catholic use of the original Catholic use of the word. And so perhaps we could begin now to um, uh, rediscover uh, the original meaning of, of, of the word because Catholics do contribute to a lot of these discussions. No, you might think of issues such as corruption or uh, discrimination and, and things like this, or, or the way we treat um, offenders in prison, things like this as being offenses against social justice. And, and the language is, has, is now often used in those contexts. So perhaps now is the time to strike and reclaim yes. the term and, and uh, redefine 
uh, more concretely its meaning in discourse. Yes, and your article does a fine job of that. Thank you. What is social justice then for Catholics? We, we, a lot of people know about things like commutative justice, the sort of the mm-hmm. justice when people engage in exchange. Um, a lot of people have heard distributive justice, which to them mm-hmm. sounds like redistribution of that sort of egalitarian sort that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. What, what does social justice really mean for Catholics? And, and why, didn't Hayek, <laughs> why didn't Hayek discover this meaning? So social justice has often been described as common good justice in, in uh, Catholic thinking. And its original meaning from the 19th century was really that form of justice which promoted the common good of the whole society, which in turn means that form of justice which creates the conditions by which all people and groups within society can reach their fulfillment, or as I would prefer, both terms are used in the English translation of Gaudium et Spes, um, the uh, document of the Second Vatican Council, I I would prefer um, to help all individuals and groups in society reach uh, their perfection, because that then links the idea of social justice into the idea of uh, virtue. So to to mm-hmm. to go back to my previous um, uh, example of discrimination being a, an offence against social justice, I might run a company which systematically discriminates against black people when it comes to employment. That might not be an offence against uh, commutative justice. I might honour all the contracts I I, I make. Um, it's um, uh, might be allowed by my employer. So it, it, I might actually be honouring also my own legal obligations to my uh, employer. It might also be legal. It happens not to be legal in the United Kingdom or the United States, but it could be legal mm-hmm. uh, to, to do that type of thing. But it's definitely an offence against uh, social justice because it's doing something which undermines the common good uh, of, of society. Uh, so um, that's really the original meaning of the term. Why Hayek misunderstood it actually is it's a bit of a mystery. And it became more of a mystery the more I, I started to look at um, uh, the, uh, the the subject. So it's my co-author that went back to the original uh, sources in the original languages, some of which were in Italian, some of which were in German. And, uh, and, and, and the phrase was first used explicitly in papal teaching in the 1931 um, encyclical, which was actually uh, drafted by a German who didn't live very far away from Friedrich Hayek. So yeah. um, <laughs> it, it is a bit of a mystery as to how he was not able to uh, explore what this term meant. But if you read other works on the subject, they tend to sympathize with Hayek a bit and say, well, because it seemed to be meaning different things uh, according to every author, and perhaps unless you're really schooled in scholastic thinking, you might not quite appreciate it. its, it's proper meaning. You, you, you can um, have some sympathy for the poor fellow for not being able to pin down what was, in, in one author's words, a kind of moving target. Um, but having said that, you know, I, 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 as I mentioned in his Nobel Prize lecture, he, he mentioned the late scholastic, so he yeah. had familiarity without question uh, with um, scholastic thinking on issues like the, the common good. To go a little further with the Catholic definition, um, mm. it seems very global, you know, what, what is necessary to have this fulfillment or perfection of the people in there. It seems that that is often interpreted as basically the job of the state. Mm-hmm. And so, per, you know, it's, it, I think many people are uncomfortable with a notion of social justice that seems to indicate that there's a, almost a totalitarian quality to it. Mm-hmm. 
does it have that or is is social justice more than just the state or maybe uh, other than a state duty no that's um it's absolutely incorrect that social justice is the job of the state now again people might people might make that assumption if they mix up social justice and distributive justice and of course distributive justice isn't just the job of the state either because as an employer um you might offend distributive justice by the way you pay your uh, employees discriminating in favor of one against another or not or, or for one reason or another not paying some uh, group of people in accordance with the contribution they make to the uh, to, to the enterprise so distributive justice isn't just the function of the state but people often think of re- income re- redistribution as being the function of the state so the two mm-hmm. um, perhaps get intertwined but when it comes to social justice no without question the responsibility for promoting the common good belongs to all individuals families civil society institutions uh, and the state and in fact the state's role um is is quite deliberately limited and the principle of subsidiarity was actually introduced in the first social encyclical of the catholic church in which the principle of social justice was explicitly um mentioned with those specific words being used to describe uh, the concept so social justice is responsible for uh, is responsibility of every individual um mm-hmm. and organization within society and it's certainly not just uh, the responsibility of the state you might even say it's not mainly the responsibility of the state yeah mm-hmm. say a word about subsidiarity because that's a term that many catholics hear and they you know a lot of a lot of times they'll think well it just sort of means uh making things at the at the local level or something like that but it seems to be mm-hmm something more connected with this understanding of social justice. Yeah, and also I think you can connect it in some ways with uh, uh, the, the, the way Hayek would have spoken and thought about the state. So one of the key precepts of Hayekian um, uh, um, thinking in economics is the importance and implications of human ignorance. Mm. There was just a limitation mm. to um, the, 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 the human mind. It's therefore impossible to centrally plan the economy because we can't centralize all the knowledge, um, indeed very much of the knowledge at all, which is necessary uh, uh, to centrally uh, um, plan the allocation of of, uh, economic resources. Uh, So this is a basic Christian um, idea or insight in in many ways. Uh, Hayek was uh, an atheist for most of his life, became an agnostic. He he received the sacraments before he died, but he wasn't Mm. conscious when he he did so. So, hmm. you know, to what extent he believed before he died, I don't know. But without question, in his last book, there is some discussion about the social usefulness of religion. He became much warmer towards religion uh, as he got uh, as as he got older, and and um, the principle of subsidiarity to some extent relies on on this same concept. The state cannot do every, everything. Uh, it's it's limited in its uh, capacity. Those who rule the state are subject to uh, human finitude and limited knowledge be- because of the, the nature of our um, humanity. Therefore, uh, the job of the state really is to put in place uh, those uh, structures which are necessary so that all other uh, groups at any level in society, going right down to the family and the individual, can in their own way contribute to the uh, common good. So one example which uh, could uh, easily be used to illustrate this concept is is that of education. Um, it's not. It shouldn't be the job of the um, uh, the state to educate all children. 
but it might be the job of the state to ensure that all children can have an education, such as through providing um, uh, uh, finance for those parents who can't afford an education for their children, ensuring there's a legal framework within which the Catholic Church can set up schools and others can set up schools and so on. But it's not the state to interfere uh, to such a great extent and do the job itself. And if you read Rerum mm. Novarum, the encyclical before Quadragesimo Anno, you could see the principle of subsidiarity written right through it. Now, mm-hmm. there's a, there are a whole range of really important res- responsibilities which are laid out for individuals, families, businesses, mm-hmm. civil society institutions. But when it comes to the state, there's always a warning that the state shouldn't um, uh, intervene in those other societies within, um, w- within a country. Have you ever read something about the Catholic faith or a topic by a great writer or theologian or philosopher, and you wish that you could personally ask them about something they'd said or how they got to their conclusion? We experience this at the Logos Journal Daily. And while we have the opportunity to learn more from that person, it's not a conversation that only a few people should be able to have. We think a lot of you would be interested in knowing and learning more. The Logos Journal and our St. Thomas Catholic Studies friends and supporters need your help to do this. It takes a good deal of effort to get this access and produce a podcast that is meaningful and helpful to you. We hope that you'll go to our podcast website, patreon.com backslash deep down things to become a monthly subscriber. For as little as $5 a month, you can be a podcast patron and in return, get access to some really great bonus content like online access to the journal articles we discuss and additional spiritual reflections and bonus episodes offered by Father Byron Hagen and Father Bryce Evans, great friends of Logos and priests in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. And if you're a patron to the podcast, one, you get the ability to comment on the podcast, and two, you can interact directly with us, our guests, and other podcast contributors. Definitely check it out to receive access to some of the best Catholic intellects currently thinking about deep-down things. That's www.patreon.com backslash deep down things. That's one word, no spaces, deep down things. I think one thing that you mentioned early on uh, is tying uh, perfection to either the embodiment, the achievement uh, of virtue, um, and uh, folding that into this conversation about what social justice is or even what subsidiarity is. I mean, virtue is something difficult to obtain. It's not something that's given to you that you're mm-hmm. entitled to. It's something mm-hmm. that, that you work to achieve. I mean, there are obviously the infused virtues of faith, hope, and love, and the infusion of virtue and the sacraments and things like that. I mean, I'm not talking about that, but for most of the virtues, we, we have to work very hard to achieve those things. Mm-hmm. It's a long and hard struggle of mastery of the self. I think mm-hmm. is, is the way the catechism would uh, uh, refer to it, which stands in opposition, direct opposition to a lot of misunderstanding about what social justice is. That is, the state's going to do something for me, is going to give me some sort of protection versus mm-hmm. I need to be given an opportunity to work toward self-mastery. Yeah. I should say my theology is not as good as my economics, but the, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And again, in, Rer- no, in, in Rerum Navarum, it's quite interesting that many of the things which the um, 
which seemed to be demanded of the state by Catholics in the modern age, in rerum novarum, are demanded of the, the business or the employer or the family yeah. or the rich person. Yes. Yes, and, and um, Quadragesima Anna takes one of those issues and spells it out really uh, quite clearly, and and that is how we should treat the social function of property, which has been discussed recently because uh, Pope Francis raised it in his, his recent encyclical Fratelli Tutti, and um, so the the um, uh, Pope Leo the Thirteenth talks in very passionate terms about the importance of private property, and it, Quadragesima Anna. 40 years later, um, Pope um, Pius XI says that there have been some misunderstandings uh, about what Pope Leo XIII uh, has said. That Pope Leo XIII wasn't saying the status quo was fine. He wasn't saying that everybody should hang on to their property and nobody had a, um, an, any, um, uh, and they could do whatever they liked with it. And he then sort of made very clear uh, that, crystal clear, really clear, that it was the job of the state to ensure. Um, private property rights were upheld, otherwise there'd be chaos in society. But it was the a, a, a duty born out of justice and virtue to ensure that well-off people use their property for mm. a social benefit, and then basically said, if you don't do that, you'll go to hell. And, <laughs> I, I, and, and he raised and, and there's a similar issue in, when it comes to um, employers paying just wages and so on. Mm. Whereas nowadays we say, well, if people aren't going to use their property for a social function, the government should pass a law about it. If employers are not going to pay an appropriate wage, the government should pass a law about it. And mm -hmm. I wonder, you know, to some extent, is that because we've we've uh, we've lost our our faith in 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 the um, yeah. punishment in the afterlife? So we think that we we need instead to um, um, yes. have have the government punish people uh, in, in in this life if we don't do the, the right thing. And now it would be. Uh, it would be a tragedy if such feelings in, uh, infused social encyclicals, uh, and, and maybe perhaps they don't, but perhaps uh, they do infuse the uh, thinking and rhetoric of uh, lots of groups that, that use Catholic social teaching in the promotion of political agendas. Yes. It's, it's ironic that that sort of misunderstanding of, of social justice actually gets in the way of true social justice. Yes. Which mm. has to bleed through the entire, the entire population such that people will actually take on these duties. I mean, I suppose there's a certain logic in that if you don't believe in hell, um, you do believe in uh, government passing more laws, which often is pretty much the same thing. <laughs> but uh, but it, but it, but it does stand in the way of 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 the real the real task. I mean, it, does the church need to 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 say more? Because this is one of the criticisms: is that well, you know, the church is focused on a few issues, and it really needs to say more to business owners and to to people mm -hmm. in authority in different spheres of life to to mm -hmm. use your authority to encourage social justice as that virtue that is something that's not just what the government does, but what mm -hmm. I'm doing and what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I think it does, although uh, it may be different in the US from the United Kingdom. But, and, and also, I, I think recent paper encyclicals suffer maybe from a, a lack of effective editing and a, something of a muddying of yeah. the waters as well because of... Uh, the kind of um, really strong criticisms uh, that, that you get of things like so-called trickle-down economics and, and this type of thing, and, right. and phrases like that being used in a very pejorative sense, which lead to much more heat being created uh, than 
than, than light. But Pope Francis is pretty clear on uh, the importance of, for example, non-corrupt governments, the importance of the responsibility of business owners, the importance of the responsibility of all of us towards the environment. And I think it's pretty clear that all of these things cannot just be left to the state. Our own bishops' conference in um, the, the UK set up something called Blueprint for Business just after the financial crisis, which is uh, which was originally about, it's slightly changed, uh, slightly metamorphosized since it was uh, um, uh, decoupled from the Bishops' Conference, but it was originally about promoting virtue in business. And our own Cardinal Archbishop of Westminster, uh, Vincent Nichols, in one of his pre-election messages, talked about how you know, regulation just leads to people uh, playing games, trying to get round regulation and, and thereby more regulation, whereas virtue promotes better habits and better ways of, of doing things. He was very, very straightforward, actually, about that. So I think um, the church probably talks quite a lot about these things, um, but yeah. uh, you know, maybe muddies the water sometimes in the way it's uh, trying to get the message across. What do you think about uh, the new phenomenon of woke capitalism, which claims to speak in the, the name of social justice, but which often takes on a sort of broader a broader to-do mm -hmm. list than we might think that, that it should. This is the mm -hmm. kind of the flip side of the irresponsible corporations is the mm. uh, uncomfortably too responsible in the wrong way corporation. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a really serious problem. And, the, uh, and it's not just arising as a result of, of government regulations. You know, those of us who are supporters of a market economy often blame blame government regulation for all sorts of things. And I, I'm, I'm sure that government regulation in the equalities area, et cetera, has had something to do with the growth of this a, a agenda. But, but actually, it's, um, it, it, it's written all the way through, sometimes like letters in a, uh, a stick of rock. I'm not sure, not sure whether you have sticks of rock in, in, in the United States, but it's something you buy in the seaside, essentially made of sugar, which has the name of the seaside resort written all oh. the way through it. And sometimes we use, use the phrase, that something is written all the way through it, like uh, the letters in in a stick of rock. Uh, okay, that's maybe not a very good analogy. So the but um, <laughs> uh, in, in the private sector, you you get these very strong, very often HR department, uh, human resources department interests who are trying to promote an agenda within um, uh, with, within large corporations, large capitalist corporations, uh, which uh, is as you say described as a social justice agenda. Uh, but is is really almost a new religion to do with yeah. the redefining yes. of um, uh, of ideas of sex, gender, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, this is imposed in a way which is uh, um, more authoritarian than uh, uh, many of the traditional religions ever imposed their uh, uh, way of, uh, of, of, uh, of, of, of doing things. You know, Catholics believe in free will. The, the uh, uh, so, mm -hmm. so uh, and as, as although we um, don't believe that that's a license to do whatever you wish, it does mean that we tend to restrain ourselves when when deciding how free others should be. But no, there is a sort of authoritarian nature to this type of thing, which I, I find somewhat mm -hmm. sinister. And of course, it's not social justice because it's not about promoting uh, uh, the common good, because it's not about promoting um, uh, perfection and virtue, because. Uh, in some of its manifestations, it's about promoting an agenda which is really quite contrary to that in which the uh, uh, the church believes. A colleague who studies uh, some of these social justice statements of corporations pointed out to me that 
uh, in the ones that he's looked at, oftentimes, you know, these topics of, of sex and gender and race are so top heavy. And then there's a, almost a skipping of the sort of class and the socioeconomic categories mm. such that we're talking all about all these other topics. And then the thing that most people think it's about uh, in terms of just wages and just treatment of workers often gets skipped over. Do, do you see that in, in British corporations as well? Um. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know enough about the um, the scene in general uh, to to yeah. to know whether that is uh, th yeah. the case. But I no. I I would s say I think the approach. Uh, first of all, yes, can marginalise other things which are really important, like providing opportunities uh, to um, young people who maybe belong to disadvantaged social groups which are are not defined by one identity or race or another identity. And I would include in that, by the way important, I think, particularly from a Catholic perspective, particularly in countries such as the US and the United Kingdom, which imprison quite a large um, proportion of, of uh, young people. I would, include, I would include in that that a, a proper social justice agenda of a well-run company ought to involve providing opportunities for ex-offenders to um, yeah. be uh, reintegrated uh, into the workforce. The other problem of this is that it becomes process-driven rather than virtue driven. So it's yeah, not right. that the HR department uh, is encouraging its hiring employees to behave in a virtuous way. It's, it's encouraging its employees to go through a whole set of processes, which is rather a different thing, which can end in a, a different place. But of course, that's, a, that's almost an inevitable result of a world in which we don't have a shared understanding right. of uh, what is good and true. This leads to a question about Hayek, because there are, I think, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Catholic who appreciates Hayek, and I know a number of, of Catholics and other Christians who do appreciate him. But there's been a kind of turn uh, in certain people. I'm thinking of the philosopher Edward Fazer, who formerly did, did a couple of volumes on Hayek, who've now kind of said, well, you know, there's a, there's a limitation to him. And you, you brought up the fact that he was atheist and agnostic and only turned to some of this uh, scholastic material maybe later in his life, and they'll say, well, you know, Hayek is fine in terms of criticizing the arrogance of people who think that they can centrally plan, but ultimately, uh, he, you know, his ideas are a little bit too empty, and maybe they reduce to the processes of people pursuing their own interests, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, do you think those are fair critiques in any way, or is there, is there a, a way to sort of defend Hayek and, and make clear why we, the church maybe needs to still engage with him? Well, I think the church needs to engage with him because Hayek is the leading scholar in this field of, um, or was the leading scholar in, the, in this field of, um, of the economics, political economy, legal systems, and so on, in a situation of uh, limited human knowledge. So, and, and that's important for, for the church. If you're, going yeah. to, if you're going to use good economics uh, and good social thinking, in the development of your of Catholic social teaching, that's a strand of thinking the church uh, needs needs to engage with. Um, but the, the general criticism of, is, of course, correct. You know, if he, he he's an agnostic, thereby he he doesn't believe that there is uh, uh, one common goal towards which uh, uh, one definition of perfection towards which humanity uh, ought to be moving. And therefore, you know, if, he, uh, if he doesn't believe that, that no, clearly his thinking is not entirely analogous with a, a Catholic way of thinking about the world. And that's the, 
that's the point that we make actually at the end of our article, that even if Hayek had uh, totally understood the Catholic meaning of social justice, he might have been a bit more sympathetic towards it and he wouldn't have been uh, as critical uh, of it as, as, as he was, but he wouldn't have embraced it because he doesn't believe that there's one um, purpose towards which society as a whole ought to be moving. Uh, it is worth bearing in mind, and I think this is a good response to those to the um, uh, new atheists like uh, uh, Dawkins, who really would like to drive religion to the edges of uh, edges of society. That you now Hayek was very complimentary about um, religions, but he saw them as evolved social orders, uh, which yeah. um, were not necessarily right, but they were successful. In other words, the virtues weren't necessarily virtues because they moved you closer towards perfection, but there were rules which, uh, if societies lived by those rules, they would be more, uh, they would be more successful. And I think you can be, you know, <laughs> you, you, you could be um, a Catholic yeah. and at least have some sympathy with that, uh, with that point of view, because it's a very tolerant view of, of religion compared with that of the, uh, of the new atheist, or for that matter, compared with, say, von Mises, you know, of whom Hayek was a protégé. But there's no doubt, you, you, you can't argue that you can go with Hayek all the way. There has to be a differentiation because we do have a, 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 a view fundamentally about what is good and true. What do you think his biggest lesson is for, for us today in the church and in general and in, in, in this world that we live in? Oh, without question, his biggest lesson is that we should be aware of our own um, uh, ignorance and the implications of our ignorance for the way in which we uh, order uh, society. And yeah. uh, maybe one of the manifestations of that uh, is, is, is this increasing tendency in both the UK and the US to regulate uh, economic activity, not by general principles of law, but by regulatory bureaus uh, um, and regulatory authorities producing sometimes thousands, millions of pages of regulations as to how we should mm. uh, run our financial business, run our bank, yeah. uh, and and so yeah. on. And uh, Hayek's early, well, not not his early work. Uh, Hayek's work in the middle of his life, the road to serfdom, and then the constitution of liberty, warned how that type of approach, especially if you then gave arbitrary powers, for example, to fine or ban people from occupations or even in, imprison people. Um, to the tribunals connected to those regulatory th authorities could really lead to a, a rather unpleasant um, uh, uh, yeah. kind of society. And um, we've, we've, he wrote The Road to Serfdom in, in, in 1944, warning that socialism could take you in the direction of Nazism and totalitarianism. People always argue that that really hasn't happened, and that's probably a fair mm. uh, crit criticism. Uh, but no, I do worry about the, the huge growth of of the regulatory the regulatory state. Yeah. Well, it violates social justice quite often in mm -hmm. terms of blocking people who are a small you know small actors in the business you know food chain from actually being able to to survive because if you have thousands of regulations, mm. who can survive that except big corporations with lots and lots of lawyers? Absolutely. And, and uh, in your country, more than ours, but we're beginning to catch up. Of course, there's a huge number of licensed professions where you have to get a, um, a, a license from the state uh, to be able to right. practice. Yes, to braid hair or whatever. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's, a great, that's a great place to end. We have many challenges ahead, but we have the perennial wisdom 
of the church. And we also have great thinkers like Hayek, who weren't perhaps uh, completely on board with the church, but contributed uh, to the knowledge that we have about how to have a just society. We've been talking today with Philip Booth, professor at St. Mary's University in Twickenham in the United Kingdom. Uh, Philip, we've really delighted in this conversation. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you. Liz Kelly, my co-host, thank you again for joining us. Great to be here. Thank you. All right. Let's take a look at our Patreon site, patreon.com backslash deep down things and become a sponsor of our work. Have a great day. God bless. Deep Down Things is part of the Catholic Answers family of podcasts. For lots more great Catholic radio and podcast programming, please download the Catholic Answers Live app.